Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock Podcast. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's uh, Vincent Vargas, obviously, with the Vinny Rock Podcast. Uh, we just want to say thank you for everyone who's been supporting us and watching us, who's subscribed to our YouTube channel where you can watch the full length of our podcast. Just want to take this time to talk about several of my sponsors. You guys already know one of my main ones is Core Medical Group. I've been with Core Medical Group for about six years. Uh, they're outstanding. They work with a lot of the military and uh, veterans and special operations communities all around you, the people that you are near and dear to. Core Medical Group services them. Uh, is one of the most important things men can do for their mental health is get their blood work checked yearly. So if you guys have any questions, hit me up about Core Medical Group. But uh, another one of my sponsors is GMR Gold and Bullion Box. GMR Gold is is a company that sells precious metals, gold and silver. Currently right now, you guys already know the trends. There's gold is through the roof right now and what, what, what the value is of it. Uh, I enjoy buying uh, my subscription-based model with the Bullion Box, monthly subscriptions coming to my house so me and the kids can enjoy opening it up and have some good times with it. I've obviously hit some before in the past. I'm gonna hit some more in the future, hide some more in the future so you guys can go enjoy doing a little bit of a treasure hunt because I enjoy doing things like that for y'all. Another one of our sponsors is Modern Gun School. It is an online, uh, from your own home, learn how to be an armor, right? This school has all the certifications you need to be an armor. You can do this at the comfort of your own home. They take the GI Bill. They take the voc vocational rehab uh, um, benefit as well. So you guys have any questions, trust me, this is a really good company. Several of my close friends have used this and have been super proud of it and super excited about it. So if you guys are interested in being armors in the comfort of your own home, please go check them out. As well as Everest.com. Everest.com is a trading post for outdoor goods. If you guys are outdoorsmen, if you guys like to camp, hunt, fish, you can find everything you need at Everest.com. Go check them out. We have several other sponsors coming on board here soon. We're really excited about them. I'll talk to you about those later on, but right now we're just super excited about the growth of the podcast and we wanna to continue to grow this podcast. So please like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go check it out on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for being a guest or for being a fan and supporter of the Vinny Rock Podcast. Take care. Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. I'm talking a little low because the kids are sleeping right now, but uh, either way, I thought I'd do another solo episode. This one's kind of a little bit more loosey-goosey. Um, I asked for some questions on social media. People asked, and I shall answer. Currently waking up. Focus on that autofocus. Boom. Little ruck pack action for you right now. Ah, drink up, wake up. Uh, oh, shit. Ah. Ah. <laughs> ah. I feel like doing it again. That's good. Um, before I get started, obviously, let's not forget our awesome sponsors bullion box some incredible looking pieces of gold and silver I'm trying to 
show you, but the lens is having trouble focusing on on it. This is like the cool piece that just came in that I'm giving to one of my daughters. It's a Barbie piece. Came in a little nice box and everything. By the way, you guys already know Core Medical Group. Uh, core Medical Group Testosterone Replacement Therapy. Uh, been using them for a minute now. Let me adjust my volumes. There we are. Been using them for a minute now. I really love them. Customer service, everything else they do. Uh, hands down, top-notch kind of company, kind of organization. Uh, we could all love because they're good to us, good to the veteran community, good to the law enforcement community. So they're great. I'm going into my phone to make sure I don't miss anyone. Uh, Everest Trading Post, you guys go check them out. Uh, anything you need for the outdoors lifestyle or survival, uh, you can go to everest.com and there's a, it's essentially a trading post. Different organizations, different companies uh, host their products on there. You guys can go check those out. I love the company. I love the people who own that company. Very, very good God family country type people. Okay, that's kind of my circle. Um, MIT, MIT 45. MIT 45 is Kratom. We are learning a lot about it. Uh, a buddy of mine owns the company and asked me to, if I was interested in it, and I asked him about it, and I said, why Why would MIT 45, why would I want to, you know, promote Kratom? Uh, is it something that I genuinely would care about? And when I read up on it, and when he explained it to me, it, it, it's, hits the opiate receptors in our body. And so those who are trying to change of lifestyle, trying to get away from some addiction or potentially get away from those painkillers that the VA prescribes, uh, try Kratom. Uh, I've heard it's changed a lot of lives to help people get sober on the right track. Kratom itself is a uh, plant compound. Um, very controversial at this time, but uh, I'm on board with anything that's going to help guys get away from drinking and pain meds. And so Kratom it is. I uh, personally have not tried it yet. I still have to go through the legalities and see if I can. But either way, um, I will not be the guy who doesn't present it to the world for another option to help my brothers who get addicted sometimes to these pain meds. And so if you're fighting with pain and you're trying to heal that, part of my you know studies recently in trying to fix and, and try and find answers for those who struggle with uh, suicide ideology, you know, there's a list of five things that are the top reasons why. I'm not sure if you guys know this, right? But top reasons why is going to be finances, relationships, uh, finances, relationships, uncured uh, trauma, uh, alcoholism, and pain. Alcoholism is also with, with drugs as well, but pain. Pain is one of the reasons, like uncontrollable pain. And so um, one of the interesting that Kratom has been able to help in that that space is fascinating. I'm trying to fly someone in here so we can talk about it more. But um, MIT45, you guys go check it out on Instagram. It's MIT45 underscore US. So uh, if you guys have more questions, please ask. We're going to bring on an expert to talk about it. Uh, modern gun school um in which on instagram they change it to mgs trade school but modern gun school essentially is an online armor course you can learn how to be an armor and get certifications 
all online at the comfort of your own home. Uh, I highly recommend it. It's a company that anytime I've sent someone there, they've, they've had nothing but good things to say about it. And so I highly, highly believe in them and what they do. And our partnership goes back a few years. And so we're just kind of continue to jump on board because as long as they keep doing good things, I'll keep promoting them and vice versa. They, they love me. I love them. GMR Gold, you guys already know about them. They have a bullion box. It's a subscription-based model. You guys go check that out. I just woke up, so I'm always nervous that I have some sleep in my eyes. But either way, wake up, Vince. Let's do this. Um, outside of that sponsor, you guys can know my book. You can go pick it up at Amazon. You can go pick it up uh, on Bar- in Barnes & Nobles. You can go Barnes & Noble. You can go uh, check out the audiobook. So you guys go check that out. Um, we also have, you guys already know Ruck Pack. Uh, you guys check out Ruck Pack, outstanding company created by special operations dudes while doing missions, decided they needed something a little bit better. Focus, mother sucker. There it is. Um, Veteran.com, you guys already know. We're trying to kind of keep that thing going. We're pushing it. Uh, you guys know we have a men's wellness group. If you guys are interested, go check that out. The men's wellness group um, focuses on helping guys get through life. Essentially, uh, it's an accountability group as well, I call it. I hate the coaching space. I fucking absolutely hate it. I think the coaching space is kind of blah. And so... I, I agree people need coaching, don't get me wrong, but I personally didn't want to fall into that line of of that verbiage. Uh, I like the verbiage of accountability, and so helping each other become accountable for their own things. I'm not perfect in any, in any way, shape, or form, so I do not want to stand on any kind of pedestal acting like I am, but I have seen some success, and I have put some certain things into play that has helped me get into the position I am today, uh, and I say position... Um, just a little bit better than I was the day before. So uh, I try and help guys with that, but I bring on a bunch of experts in the space, the thought leaders in their world, and I have them speak to our group. And we all kind of work together, man. It's a, you know, it, it takes a, what do I say? It, it takes a village. And so I believe that as well in the men's wellness and, and, and health space. So <clears throat> what other companies do I got going on? Uh, and, oh, uh, Local Patriot. Uh, roasting company. You guys go check out Local Patriot. You can check them out online. We're working on trying to get one here in uh, the Texas area. If you guys are interested in, in, in you know licensing our products and putting them in your store in some some way, shape, or form, let us know. Either way, <clears throat> on the Instagram, I asked if anybody had some questions they wanted me to answer. Hit me up and I'll answer them. And so here we go. Uh, you know, there's a wide range of things that I that I. I guess do. And so the questions were all over the place, which I like. Um, first easy question off the top. It goes, are you going, going to get back into jujitsu? Uh, yes. Uh, I already bought a year. I paid for a year up front at the jujitsu, uh, spot down the house. Uh, and if you guys are wondering which one I go to, uh, CJ, I'll show you. Boom. I go to CJJF uh, Academy here in Prosper is the one that I go to. Um, yeah, focus, camera focus, focus. Boom. CJJF is the one I go to. Um, <clears throat> it's a cool spot. Hard for me to find all the time in the world to go. Uh, I'm actually 
haven't been going as much as I want to. So I think I might actually trying to look into some one-on-one sessions. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to find the time uh, in the sense of everything else that I got going on. But yes, I have gotten back into jujitsu, not doing as much as I'd like, but I'd want to eventually get more committed to it. So that's what we'll do. Um... This is interesting. It says, my this is by uh, Lazy Boys, what his, what his Instagram handle says. Uh, it's pit18. My question is based on a previous podcast where you talked about strange things. Uh, we'll make an episode like that again where you will talk about aliens and other weird stuff. And maybe speak to experts on the field. Also, will you have Clayton or other members of on the podcast as well? Lastly, what's your personal opinion on extraterrestrials? You guys, if you guys listen to your original podcast, the old school podcast, we did a couple episodes called strange things. And what I do is invite people who have these interesting, uh, experiences in the world, aliens, Bigfoot, uh, ghosts. And so, um, those are fascinating to me. I think they're they're super extremely interesting. I like to talk about those kind of things because I think uh, they're great for conversation, but as well as everyone's different belief systems and w- what they believe in, and, you know, it's kind of piled them together. So, yes, I want to have more Strange Things episodes. I have actually one lined up after the New Year's, um, and so hopefully he's able to make it. But if you guys know anyone else that has an expertise in the space of aliens, Bigfoot, anything, I'd love to have them on and have that conversation, um, as well as if you guys, yeah, if you're listening and you are one of those guys, hit me up. We'll get you on. Sorry, my wife texted me good morning. Good morning, baby. doing the podcast real quick and i already fed the dogs (laughs) i don't want her to actually double feed them boys um let's get to the next question yes i love strange things i love listening about all that stuff i love interviewing people i've had my own experiences so boom yes okay is it safe this is by question is by zacharias zacharias j the great is what his Name is on Instagram. Um, his question goes, is it safe to ask anything about Mayans? How long did it take to shoot an episode of Mayans? What was it like when you first have to film that day? What was it like when you first have to film that day? Huh. Uh, to film Mayans, uh, one episode takes about seven to ten days. Uh, and so... That might sound crazy to y'all, but seven to ten days, uh, the longer it would be because maybe um, tougher conditions, maybe uh, location, maybe a bigger stunt that needs to be performed. And so that would be the reasons why uh, that the shoot would take longer or potentially something happened where you had to push a day, weather, if it was an outdoor scene and, and it rained, uh, so on and so forth. So, yeah, it takes about seven to ten days to film an episode. What's it like when you first get there? Well, you get the script uh, a couple days prior to, uh, you study your study your lines. In the first few seasons, we did table reads before every single episode. So you'd show up a few days prior. You would read the full episode. Every, every character that's in the show would sit around at tables, and we'd read our characters. Uh, and then 
you prepare for the scene if you haven't got your wardrobe fi- wardrobe figured out for that uh, for that episode well then you get that figured out and then you just show up and you know we're today we're filming episode seven and you're like oh okay and so then you know in episode seven what you what you will be performing all your lines and everything you should already have them studied up uh, the challenge was during the COVID more so we did a thing called block shooting. And so in the same day, you would shoot, uh, you know, episode two and, and then the reverse side of that, you would shoot episode seven and five. And what makes that challenging for us actors and the wardrobe and everyone else is you have to know the continuity of that episode. And so uh, there's probably a different script supervisor or the same script supervisor and different directors sometimes. And it was just chaotic and a mess. Um, but you also, as actors, have different emotions. Maybe episode two, I was fighting with someone. Maybe episode three, I was in love with someone. Maybe episode five, we we lost someone. And so um, having to adjust your mental preparation for those scenes was a little bit of a challenge. So that's for that question. Make sure my audio is still working. This motherfucker pisses me off having to run this shit sometimes on my own. How difficult? This is by um, Scott... Dockendorf. I know I've known Scott for a little bit. Uh, how difficult was it after days, weeks, months of shooting a violent and aggressive show such as Mayans to leave Gilly and the aggressive nature of that show at work and be the best parents and husband you could be at home? Uh, I'll tell you the first three seasons wasn't as much of a challenge as season four and five. Um, let me shut that off for a second. So seasons one, two, and three, you know, one, two for sure. Gilly didn't do a lot. Me as an actor really was just kind of soaking it in, learning, kind of just going with the flow of everything. Really excited to be there. Um, and so this is pissing me off. And so, um, one, two, seasons one, two, uh, you know, I had a couple lines here and there. I wasn't oblivious that I didn't have a lot of work. So I showed up, smiled, and hung out, and I was just the big on set. Uh, season three, it picked up a little bit for my character. I mean, a lot compared to other seasons. <sighs> Excuse me. And so that's when I really started to... That's when I really started to kind of... Um, have a process and learn how to develop the process for the character Gilly, differentiate the difference between Gilly and, and Vince. Um, and so that process uh, became something that I started to realize had more of an effect on me than I thought. And so doing like emotional scenes, you do tend to kind of carry those with you and learning how to shut those off was like the next kind of skill set that I was learning. Um so going into season four was probably the hardest season um, for multiple reasons. So season three was heavy and tough uh, because of what's going on with the show. Season four, uh, the whole Coco stuff was tough, um, as well as portraying the post-traumatic stress side of my character. And so like when you open old wounds or you have to hold that emotion. Uh, it's hard to shut it off. Me, I guess, I guess I'd say it. My mind knows it's acting because I have to, I have to get my mind prepared. 
I think the problem is that my body and my heart doesn't know the difference. Emotion is just emotion. If I could explain that to you better, I would, but that's what I got is like, I'm telling myself, I'm recounting some situations from overseas that are emotional to me. Uh, and as I sit here going through those emotions in my head, reliving those, my body is going through the effects of that, whether it's crying or anger or angst, whatever that is. And so, um, my mind might be able to shut it off, but I still feel like that way. And so it put me on a very emotional edge that I was taking home with me at times. And I was having to kind of manage it through different systems that I didn't figure out until later. So uh, it was a little bit of a challenge for my, me and my wife and my kids in the sense that I felt uh, distancing from them. I think they... they I don't think they intentionally, they were going through their own thing at the same time, right? So my kids are like teenagers, and so they're going through their teenage phases while I'm going through my fucking work fucking struggle. Uh, and and it felt like everything around me was falling apart, when in, truthfully it wasn't. It was just like emotionally, um, I couldn't put myself together. And so, and that's like such on a small scale compared to like most actors in bigger, bigger shows. If you can just say, like, my character was big for the show but it wasn't really a reach I think it might have been more sensitive to me because of the topic but imagine some of these actors that have to really dig deep into something that they've never done and they don't know how to pull themselves out of um, yeah it's pretty it could be pretty deep so uh, it was a challenge we learned you know we did some work I had some breathing uh, coaches who helped me through some kind of like breathing meditation um, that's where I was digging deeper into wellness and talking to a couple of counselor friends of mine that I can trust and, and, and kind of confide in. Uh, at the same time, you know, I was doing several other other techniques and modalities of healing, trying to figure it out. So um, by chance, I was in a good place to try and learn it all and figure it all out. So thank you for that question, bud. <clears throat> Uh, there's, there's a question here. I'm skipping over now cause it's going to probably take a little longer to answer, which is good. So we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll, let's see. What's a good question here. Okay. Here's the easy one real quick. Hey brother. This one's from, uh, Walter Farish. Walter, what's up big dog? Uh, from North Carolina. He says, Hey brother. How was your transition from military to film, acting, writing, etc.? Huge fan, love the book. Oh, cool. Uh, the transition was definitely interesting. Uh, I think it's very unorthodox, but it's manageable. I think a lot of people ask that because they're interested in doing it. Um, what I find, even like with my own, like I have a daughter who wants to get into acting, but she doesn't really pursue it, you know. Uh, and personally, I won't, I won't hand feed my kids any of this shit if they want it they better work for it because uh i won't embarrass my my own name but as well as um if you're looking for like an easy ticket that's just to me not how it works i think uh this any career field deserves hard work and and real effort and so if one of my kids really want this uh they'll prove it by doing it uh and then if they need help in that fashion, I can kind of guide them. But uh, really in this line of work, if you want it, you got to go get it. There's a lot of people that message me and say, Hey, I want to be an actor, but they've never even Googled how 
They've never even Googled the research and, and YouTubed and done all the fucking their own work. They're looking for like the fastest answer from someone like me, which I tell them you got to do it, you know? And so, um, the hardest thing is people reach out to me that, that don't make the effort, which then I turn around, don't want to help them much because it's just frustrating, but I still do. I still say, Hey, go do this, go do that, go do that. And most people, I tell them exactly what to do. They don't do it. Um, and not for any other reasons of some people aren't built like that. Some people aren't built to just go and fucking make shit happen, to go knock down walls and make shit happen. They're not facts. And uh, if you're not built like that, well, then this career is going to be extremely challenging because in this career, you have to almost pave your own path to the beginning of it, to just the start. And when you get started, then it's still a fucking rat race to who's going to see you or what chances you're going to get. Uh, that's why I kind of pivot into the writing space as well. So then I have multiple uh, and possible means of of financial gain right i could probably make money as an actor i could make money as a writer i'm hoping on to, to start making money as a director now uh point being i kind of had to be the trailblazer for myself in those spaces uh and if i was hoping someone would bring me along well like why would they bring you along if you can't you haven't proved your worth right if you can't prove that you're good at something why the fuck would they give two shits about you right this is a really challenging career field this is the only career field that when you're an expert you still don't get work like, if you're an expert fucking doctor, if you're an expert fucking painter, if you're an expert fucking carpenter, you get work. Here, you could be an expert. Doesn't matter. Your version of expertise might not fit the role of what you're going for, or what you want, or what they see. Um, or the nepotism, friends, and all this stuff, the good old boy system kind of takes place. So, uh, you have to learn how to navigate all that shit. But at the same time, you still got to fucking prove you act. So, anyone who... Let me just get to this part. So I got into it by, obviously, I produced Range 15 with my friends. So that's a producer credit and an acting credit right off the bat. Boom. So that shows there's someone doing work. We did the work. Uh, outside of that, I produced uh, a film with my buddy Alex called uh, The Long Way Back. Long Way Back was based on a poem that I wrote. Uh, it was kind of a spoken word poem, if you will, and we turned it into a kind of an emotional narrative. I acted in that as well. Okay. And I also did the stunt credit. I did the stunt, right? So I was the actor, the writer, uh, and the stunt on that. Boom. More credits. Put that through the film festival route. Boom. It did pretty good. Okay. So now I have two credits as an actor, a couple credits as producers already going. Uh, from there, I did Dads and Parks. Dads and Parks. Uh, why? Because when I did my film festival uh, run, I ended up meeting with Jamie Kaler, and Jamie Kaler invited me to come back and do, me and Jared Taylor at the time, to go do some... YouTube skits with him. We had no idea what getting into. He said it's improv comedy. We said, yeah, boom. I flew out there and did the first version of it. It did really well for them. The first version of Dads and Parks, you guys might know, it's kind of the big scary guy sits next to him in a park and boom, we, we go back and forth. Um, that video was one of the most successful videos of the Dads and Parks series. That series was opened for a second season and that second season was funded by AMC Theaters. So we got some money to produce more of these bad boys. Well, I was a writer and the actor on that. So that's another credit. Okay. So I say all that as I wanted to be an actor. So I produced films. Very fortunate how we did it. Don't get me wrong. But the second film was just Bootstrap Out of Pocket. We just did what we did. And then the Dads and Parks was based on just networking. I produced the film, put it through, through, through a film festival, networked, and got another opportunity. I proved my 
my worth in the sense where they wanted to see me do more. So I did another film. That film built kind of a foundation of a resume. That res- the resume of those three things, right? The, the, the Range 15, The Long Way Back, and Dads and Parks was my basic beginner resume. It showed different facets of my acting, improv, emotional, and comedy. Uh, and then I would gotten headshots done. So headshots, real, is what you need as an actor. It's the resume across the board. Once you get that, then you can start shopping around for agents. By chance, I didn't have an agent. Mine's was filming. My look, obviously, very, very different look, but very, very particular for a show called Mayans. Um, got their attention. As in a buddy called and say, hey, I know someone. This is very rare, but it happens like when you know someone. I've done it for people. Say, hey, I got a buddy who looks the part. Uh, would you look at him? They say yes. They don't always pick him. Uh, I did that for Jack Jack Murillo. I tried to get him a, a, a couple roles in Mayans and said, hey, this is my boy. This is my boy. And, you know, they either pick or they don't. Well, my situation they looked at my picture and they said, we're interested. They said, does he have a reel? I sent him my reel. Does he have headshot? Boom. Does he have a bio? Boom. I sent him all that stuff. They said, we're interested in having him read. Okay. I show up and did the read. Boom. Obviously, I did what I didn't mention before is I did two years of theater in college. So I already had a foundation of what kind of to expect of just like cold reads. And then I did the films and all this. So I have a little bit of experience, just enough, enough to get by. Right look, right place, right time. Boom. Landed by from there, I produced Lucy Shimmer, Lucy Shimmer's in the Prince of Peace. Uh, I talked to the writer of that. I said I mentioned working with him if he wrote me something that had emotions, that had like real emotions. I want to show a big scary guy do emotional shit. And so he did it. Looking at the time. All right, cool. Um, and so that's why I did that one. Uh, and so, so on and so forth. I haven't done a lot, but what I have done, uh, it's just based on you build a reputation. People get to know who you are and show, you know, your work, your, 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 your range of work. And that in itself speaks for itself as a resume. And it's a slow burn, man. You just continue to be in the game. Uh, obviously I became a writer for Mayans in season five. Well, prior to that, I've been learning how to write screenwriting. I had a buddy and a still a writing partner of mine named Billy J. He was helping me write some scripts. I learned how to write some scripts by just studying it, by Googling it, by, by learning it, by reading them. And then from there, I went to the uh, Writers Guild Veterans Writing uh, course. I did that for a year. I graduated from that course. Uh, and now I'm a screenwriter in Hollywood, and I continue to write scripts on my own and trying to sell concepts and so on and so forth. So I'm in the middle of the, the whole game of it all but i it all started from just wanting it bad enough to start producing and continue on so if you guys are interested you get, you just got to do the work you kind of have to be a trailblazer for your own ways you have to create your your acting reel you have to create your headshots and you have to really get into the space of it uh surround yourself with other filmmakers even in your area if there's no no filmmaking uh, there is there's gonna be some college filmmakers there's gonna be some youth filmmakers there's gonna be people that want to be a part of it create films use those as your reels and continue to grow i started off with a no agent to like a c-level manager to like a you know and kind of it cut you kind of keep kind of moving up the chain uh as much as you can currently i'm repped by caa and gersh in in different fields one is a writer uh and and so I'm also rep by Stuart Talent as an actor. Uh, I have a management. Uh, my man, my manager is Brave Artists, and so I'm repped by these 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 guys who are my team and help me, 
you know, land more work or protect me from contracts and stuff if, if other things occur. Coming into the new year, 2024, there's a possibility of a few, few things popping off. So we'll see. So there's your answer, uh, big dog. Hopefully that answered it for you. Funny stories in El Paso. We don't have enough time for that. All right. I came with the fire podcast. What is the best way to help your mental health initiatives? L.E. Help promote it. Um, help awareness be part of helping the community. Okay. We'll talk about this real quick. Uh, I came with fire podcast is asking that question. So if you want to help with our initiatives, here it is. Uh, we have a nonprofit called tomorrow battalion, tomorrow battalion focuses on writing checks to veterans and first responders, um, for mental health, uh, resources, essentially anything in the space of different modalities of healing. We like to help with that problem is uh, raising money for that nonprofit is challenging. I don't know if any of you guys ever done that, but um, my boy, you know, I founded it uh, because I was getting frustrated with not being able to help guys. And so we have it. We're, we're first, first, if you want to help us, we need to find a way to raise money, money for it. We need grant writers. We need uh, more support in building events so we can raise more money to continue to write checks to veterans. We've helped guys go to retreats. We've helped guys go to ayahuasca. We've helped guys go to one guy went to an acting course. Uh, we also sponsor several uh, men who are in the, uh, light diffuse uh, mentorship group. So we, we do our best, but you know, the funding is everything in a nonprofit and ours is very new that we're still growing that space. The other side of it is light diffuse accountability group. It's free. There's a f- accountability group on Facebook that is absolutely free. You guys can just go follow it. Right. And you guys can just soak in all the information that's on there. Some people post about their fitness. Some people post about their family. Uh, we post on different ways of finances and, Mental health, different modalities of healing. We post motivational videos, whatever the case. So this is what we do uh, on that page. But every Wednesday night is the paid um, subscription model. And so that one is paid. It's 150 bucks, I believe. Um, but what that offers you into our group is every Wednesday night we... We, you know, challenge the paid members to to improve their life, whether it be for fitness, whether it be through um, finances, whether it be through having healthy relationships, different modalities of healing. We are a community of people who care. Uh, We have them run their blood uh, to check if their hormones are good. We give them an opportunity to get a discount at Core Medical Group, obviously one of our sponsors. Uh, We have uh, the Gallant Few is the nonprofit that we work with in the counseling space. And so we use Carl Monger's, uh, a lot of Carl Monger's uh, methods and assessment tools to to help kind of identify where guys are health-wise. We have a 20-questionnaire document that gives us a really good foundation of who they are, how they were raised, and what motivates them. Um, and then as well as we have some financial advisors who are, who are in the group to help people manage their money, uh, set up for retirement. Uh, on top of that, we have a wealth of knowledge and experience through me, one of the guys, as well as several of our mentors who, who have joined the group and been a part of the group for m- almost a year and a half now. And so we have a, a good group of people who are there to help. Uh, and when I say help is challenge them. We give homework assignments like read a certain book. Uh, what are your goals? How do you accomplish those goals? We do, we do different things and we're adding on a fitness portion of this here soon. So look, I don't like to market it. I don't like to push it because I think when people stumble upon it themselves, uh, it's more genuine. Uh, this isn't a marketing for it. This you guys are asking. I'm going to tell you, you go check it out, man. If you guys like it, cool. If you don't like it, 
cool. It doesn't bother me, but um, I find it has changed a lot of people's lives, and uh, I highly recommend it for anyone. Now, if you have a nonprofit, okay, and you want to support a veteran who is in your nonprofit space that you see struggles, um, you can sponsor them. You can do a six month sponsorship for the subscription for them and they just join for free and you guys cover it. We've done that for about seven different veterans now. Different organizations uh, have jumped on board. Um, Platoon 22 has sponsored a couple veterans, um, several other nonprofits. And so if you're a nonprofit and you're looking for a space, like it's, we kind of call it aftercare or continual care. Uh, so if you have a veteran who just kind of needs that extra bump in the community, we got you. So that's what we have. Um, we have a retreat coming up here in April. We still have to, we still have to get figured out. We're waiting on one of our sponsors to, to say yay or nay. So, um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to find a question. Pudger, do you have any dates on the next Light Diffuse Retreat? Oh, there's a question. Uh, April, we're hoping for the next Light Diffuse Retreat. Let me get through January, and I'll find out if our sponsors are on board. If not, we have to find new sponsors, and we'll continue on. Uh, as a civilian, all right, we'll get into this topic because it's getting questions. As a civilian uh, of the United States of America... What can we do as individuals on the border crisis? This is coming from JV, my boy John. Um, the border crisis. I knew that was coming. There's another question here too, so let me let me see what that one is too. Okay, another one by Miranda Stella. Do you think that the border crisis was intentional? What do you think can be done to fix it? Okay, so the border crisis. Uh, what can be done? This is like the hardest subject and, and writing the book about it, about um, the Border Patrol and stuff has actually kind of put me and thrusted me into this space where all of a sudden um, I'm the subject, a subject matter expert in the space, which is fine. But with that, it's such a complex topic that it is hard to talk about. What can civilians do? Absolutely nothing right now. Um Besides voting, besides really knowing who you're voting for and what you're voting, um, that is really the only thing we can do. Policies. We need to find people who are in a position to influence um, political uh, policies. Uh, there will be no change, you know, and I think that's coming. I think, I think overall, like if you want to divide the country uh, in left and right, I think more people who probably have talked about open borders or 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 very supportive of of illegal immigration because they believe in the humanitarian side of things i think they're starting to see like whoa 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 this is starting to get out of hand um and i think that brings a different conversation so Answer, John, as a civilian, I don't think there's much you can do besides really understand who you're voting for, really understanding the voting process and digging deep into what they're asking for in different policies. And so I think that's really all you can do. And like I would tell anyone, be prepared for yourself, Just protect your family, like be prepared. Um, but also, I guess the best thing is to be educate yourself on the topic. Uh, I think reading my book is probably the first thing. I'm writing a second book with a partner of mine. Uh, we're, we're knocking out a, a book called The Border Paradox and to kind of really get deep into this. 
Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to mention that or not, but either way. Um, <laughs> so I think maybe really understanding immigration. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of good books written on it that are digestible, meaning like that are not like a textbook for fucking college. Uh, mine might hit it as simple as form as possible that you're ever going to find. But really, really read the book, understand it, understand the 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 nuance and the the complexities of immigration and why it's so challenging. Because then you won't be one of those people online who are just spouting off bullshit because those people, I think, make make things harder for a lot of us who are just like, we want answers. Uh, and then you get bullshit fucking responses. So learn as much as you can. The other question was, um, do I think it's intentional? Uh, I think that would fall in line a lot more with kind of the... Uh, that's... <laughs> how do you say it? Um, that's kind of like a conspiracy theory, but I wouldn't, I'm not calling you a conspiracy theory, ma'am. I'm just saying, um, that's a theory that it is intentional. I don't see the value in making that intentional. I don't see the value in it. Now the only, so here, let me say it this way. I'm getting a text message. Let me see, make sure it's on my wife real quick. The only way that it's intentional would be the worst case scenario if it's intentional. And so that's another kind of like um, conspiracy theory. And dude, hey, I've seen a lot of conspiracy theories be, <laughs> be proven to be true in the past couple of years. Um, and so I'm not saying it's unrealistic. I'm saying uh, that's a, it's a theory. And so the only thing I can imagine why someone would want to do this intentionally to our country is to destroy the country. That's the only thing I would, I would say. And so like, I, I like to err on the side of, ah, there's no fucking way. Right now. I'm not naive to it all. I actually lived it. I've done the job. I get it. Um, I'm actually, you, you already know my background. So in, in the whole aspect of it, I'm also not one of those guys who jumps to conclusions and is angry about it, right? So a lot of a lot of guys with like my background, special operations, military, blah, 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 are very angry and are on, online yelling about it like this or blah, 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 right? And, and just that's just not my approach to anything. Um, I think I'm more strategic in how I approach everything. And I say that as like, I, I won't show you the cards essentially, but I will say... If you look at it, and if this is intentional, if this is intentional, the only thing you get out of this is destroying a country, which I find confusing, because if you destroy the country, then you destroy any means of making money. And I'm talking about the higher echelons of our governments and, and, and the elites. So it's not in anyone's best interest to destroy this machine. Uh, better yet, the only interest would be to kind of control it, which you've seen trying to be done now. And so um, I think it's, you know, I think it's different. I, th I think it's complete and total neglect is what it feels like, which is, which even neglect could destroy this thing, right? But personally... Um, I don't understand it either. And 
I, I'm trying to get down to the bottom of it. So I know you guys have seen me be silent recently on border issues because I'm working on something and I'm just trying to really understand the situation. Remember I said what civilians do is educate. Well, I'm doing the same in, in a different light. I'm trying to educate myself in this space even deeper, even a different, if, if, if this is echelons, I'm trying to really dig into politically why anyone would do this. And I know one of the arguments is like, so they can get voters. <laughs> and I don't, I don't buy that one at all. I think that's, I don't know. I don't buy it. That doesn't sound right to me. It sounds like far-fetched. And the argument of these military-aged males, that's a big argument. Like a lot of guys use that. And I think a lot of people use that because it's been thrown around so much. It's an easy, it's an easy argument for people to jump on board with. And so that, that argument to me um, falls short. It's just... Yeah, most of the guys who come over here to work are the military age males. Um, when you have like you know the Latin Americans, uh, you got you know the South America, you got Mexico, you got Honduras, you got you got all those. Uh, when they come across, it's it's not uncommon, right? That's pretty common. You got your Mexicans, you got your other than Mexicans. They call them OTMs. That's not uncommon. So like having military age male. Uh, dudes from El Salvador or Venezuela or whatever, even Mexico. Uh, that doesn't intimidate me as much because that's the working class male age. And so if they're coming to work and get more money, it's pretty realistic. Uh, what is scary is the numbers of exotics, Chinese, Middle Eastern um, African, because that's a serious fucking journey. That's a serious fucking journey, and the funding of that alone is fucking expensive. Now, I, I, I'm not saying anything other than those countries. Um, that's a, it's a huge task, and you know, I could, I believe that some of them are here to try and to come here illegally to try and do good to work, to, to afford the opportunities that we get. I, I believe there, but that doesn't make it any more right. It just makes it like, okay, it's still wrong, but those countries are concerned when it comes to, if you think of the, the, the Homeland Security side of the argument, some of those countries harbor terrorists, proven. Not saying South America doesn't. I'm saying uh, when you look at the idealist idealistic, uh, our idealistic enemies, if you will, people who their ideologies are completely counter to, to ours. Um, the extremists, if you will, um, come a lot from those areas outside of the United States, but another continent. That's when I get a little like, Oh, that could be scary. Now I don't think they're fucking voting. Okay. But uh, I wrote a blog and I haven't even released it yet. I need it. Let me refine it after the New Year's. That talks about the Trojan horse and that America is potentially the next Trojan horse. We are harboring our own Trojan horse here within our country. And so um, I don't understand why. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get it as one of the superpowers who obviously is kind of, is kind of losing its control a little bit. Um, I don't think anyone wants this country to really fail because a lot of the elites 
from film, television to politics to entrepreneurs, they all lose. And I don't think any of them will let that happen. (laughs) So when I say it that way, I see it from kind of a different lens. Uh, This next election is going to be pretty important to see who wins. Uh, And that's going to be a really big determining factor of what happens down at the border. And how do you... You have to stop a border, like you have to. And 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 those in our country, you know, like what was her name, AOC, who sees nothing wrong with, you know, the illegal, the influx of illegal, illegal, illegal immigration. Uh, those who don't, who don't see any problems with it, that's I find fascinating. I'm not. I'm not. I don't get mad. Like I said, I'm not like most of y'all who get emotional about this shit. Um, because emotions don't fix nothing. Writing a book that explains it is one part of solving issues by educating others, right? That actually makes a blip in the radar of trying to shift this in the right direction. Okay. Yelling on social media doesn't change shit. So I find it fascinating and I'm digging deeper into that. Um, and trying to find more answers on why the fuck people don't see the problem in this. It's fucking weird, dude. Because it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem uh, for a lot of different reasons. And so I don't think it's intentional to answer that question. And if it is, fuck, I'm hoping to fucking God it's not intentional. I'm hoping it is 100% neglect, and that in itself is fucking... People should be going to prison for the neglect of what's going on, um, and I don't understand it. I've heard I've heard some of our political people talk about it without any kind of urgency, and I find that fascinating too. So it's something I'll have to dig in deeper later when I when I kind of get my approval to do so. <laughs> but the border crisis is crazy. It's crazy. Fucking name. All right, well, real quick, let's just get to this. Um, look, it's the new year, okay? I answered some of these questions. I'm seeing, if there's one more question, I'll answer it real quick, and then I'm going to get to the rest of this podcast, and we'll wrap this bitch up. Let's see. Uh, not a question, just dropping a recommendation. Light the fuse. Oh, there you go. Light the fuse. Good job. Read the book. It's good. Something um, from my boy. Love your solo podcast. Thank you so much. Yep, cool. I answered them all. Let me see. There's one on Facebook. Let's go see what that question was. Volume down. Nope. It was just someone trying to promote their flag coin company. All right. Well, the new year's here. Listen, I appreciate you guys joining me on my podcast. I know this one was just kind of a questions and answers, and it might have been a little boring at times. But I like to get down to it and answer these questions because I think they're extremely important to be able to engage with you guys. Um, It's been fun. The Vinny Rock podcast will continue. I have a couple other things that are coming down the pipe. Uh, I can't mention them yet, but either way, the Vinny Rock podcast will continue. I love doing the video podcast. I love doing the one-on-ones. I love doing interviewing people that I think deserve a voice. Um, You know... My sponsors just continue to help us keep this going, keep the lights on in this little studio. You know, um, I've learned a lot this year. 
I continue to kind of learn and grow. I'm wrapping up my master's in psychology here and, and probably by, by the end of 2024, we'll be good to go. Um, and I've learned a lot about mental health and wellness and sobriety. And so if I could leave you guys with anything going into the new years is really look into your personal growth. Um, we get too consumed in this rat race of trying to be like others, but what we should be consumed with was trying to be healthier for ourselves in the medical field of tactical tactical medicine. Uh, you know, there's a training doctrine. We, we say it's self-aid, buddy aid, definitive care. And when I say that, like I never thought of it in the sense of myself than others, but you really have to heal yourself first before you can go and help others or else you're just a ticking time bomb waiting to explode on yourself and on your family and on your friends. And the one thing I learned the most this year is as I've gone deeper into the sobriety in the years and days past, uh, how different I am from, from the guy that people knew in the past, how much more I'm excited to learn about the world and myself and see how far I can go. All these accomplishments in my life, I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily give a fuck about them in the sense of they don't, they don't fill my head with like, I'm so cool. I'm so badass, I'm so successful. It's just, Oh, I was able to accomplish a lot more than I thought. How much further can I go? And that's kind of how I see the world. Uh, I don't see it as like me being an actor and me being a writer. Um, those are just vessels to hopefully continue to, to be good to the three things that I, uh, the foundation of who I am, God, country, family, and family is obviously uh, a near first to, to God almost. <laughs> and my relationship to God is mine. And so I don't like project it onto any of you. You guys have your own relationship with whatever you want, whether it's God or no God. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not here to push. I'm here to just be an example. Um, I continue to try and accomplish things that I never believed I could. Uh, I continue to push myself to see how far I can go. Uh, and I think 2024 is going to be a big one for us, you know, with, with another book that we're working on right now with the book that we have now, I think we're really starting to, to push things in a direction where people can start understanding what's going on in our borders and how to protect ourselves on top of that, you know, having a platform like this podcast gives me a, a place to, to share stories and to put other people in the line of sight of you guys. So you guys can go support them because they're fucking awesome people, uh, as well as, you know, we, we're in a really cool time in life. You know, you can choose to be part of the good or part of the, part of the bad, right? The good versus evil. I believe in it, but in the sense of, of the world is a wild place. If you use your social media to be angry and rant, um, you are no different than other people are just spouting out bullshit. I really want you guys to be very cautious about how you use your words. And I say that in the sense of not like a dad to a kid, but more so the power of influence and the power of messaging and the power of communication is extremely valuable. And it's a strong tool if you use it correctly. Look at how the media uses it. Look how mainstream television and movies use it. And if you guys learn how to use it yourself, it's probably the strongest tool you have. I think that we're in a war and the war that we're facing is a war of messaging. And if you could really learn how to use your words and use your social media platform in a way that can help influence positive, 
that can help influence um, growth, that can help influence real information, you got fucking power. And so I, I would tell you that understand messaging, understand the psychology behind it, understand how to communicate and understand your emotions behind things uh, doesn't make it more honest. The words that you use uh, have an impact impact that you will never understand that can be massively influential to those who are looking for it. And so, uh, I say all that because I want you guys to know that your social media platforms are vessels, you know, and we have to use those accordingly because if you're wasting it on memes, if you're, <laughs> which are funny, but if you're wasting it on, uh, angry emotions, uh, I don't think you're ever going to get your point across. And so I highly recommend you guys to start using your vessels of influence in a positive way, in a way that can be uh, conducive to, to keeping this country in a good place, uh, as well as if you guys have a position and a stance that, that is considered to be an expert, then you need to write your fucking book and project that shit to the world. So it's the Vinny Rock Podcast, y'all. New year knew me <laughs> all right hey i love you guys thank you guys for joining me for this solo podcast a little different answer some questions i hope you liked it either way we have some new guests coming on here uh in 2024 we got to book them out we got to fly them out um i want interesting stories i want interesting stories and i don't want the same fucking story all the time we don't invite a lot of military guys here because you guys have heard all those dope ass stories we just invite anyone who who has uh you know who are leaders and thinkers in their space because i find that to be very important to to improve our nation to, to improve this country is let's speak to our academics let's speak to our experts and let them have a voice and so this is what this platform is going to be for uh, if you guys know anyone that wants to be on part part of the podcast that is an expert in their field and has something valuable to say then please send them and i have no problems anyone coming on board who who wants to be interviewed by me that has complete um, contrasted views on life. I don't give a fuck. I'm not here to argue anybody. I'm here to hear, hear them out. I'm here to listen to them. Uh, and you guys should too. So I love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I pray for you guys in your 2024 endeavors. I hope they are successful. Um, I hope you guys find your happiness and find your peace within yourselves because uh, I know that's the challenge and that's what I'm doing myself. So uh, thank you for joining the Vinny Rock Podcast 2023 is out into the 2024. Happy New Year's, y'all. Thank you for joining me. Don't forget the sponsors, Core Medical Group, GMR Gold, uh, Modern Gun School, uh, MIT45, Ruck Pack, Everest.com, Veteran. Don't forget my book, and I'm out.